0: Welcome to the Anachronism Podcast. I'm your host, composer Gustav Hoyer. Welcome back to the Anachronism Podcast. Today I have a special show to coincide with the release of Terra, the Bringer of Life, my newest orchestral recording. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, all the usual places. And I thought, I would accompany its availability with a little bit of insight into why it was written how it's put together and just share with you a bit of this piece and to put it in its bigger context this piece was written in february of 2018 and it was part of a series of concerts that were going to be performed in planetaria so if you've ever been in a planetarium it is A domed room darkened and there are special projection devices that will put stars and astronomical features onto the inside of that dome and when all the lights are down it feels like you're out under the night sky and it's a way to help navigate the constellations and frequently planetaria will have uh, shows that go into astronomical topics among other things and it's very immersive when you're in these planetaria you are surrounded by the light on the dome and everything's quiet. Well, a well-known piece of music that gets associated with planetary phenomena is Gustav Holst's The Planets. And aside from having a really awesome first name, Gustav Holst gave the world a seven movement work called The Planets, which is a powerfully influential musical piece that has particularly in film scoring, been defining of music that came after it. And 2018 was the hundred-year anniversary of the writing of this piece of music. So Gustav Holst wrote seven movements, each of which was associated with a known planet in his time. Pluto had not been discovered yet, and so minus Earth, which would be number eight, that leaves seven remaining. and. He named a movement for each of the planets. But what is not obvious, if you've never looked into this piece of music, Gustav Holst was not writing this piece to be astronomical. He was writing it to be astrological. And by that I mean astronomical would be the physics and the science of describing the celestial bodies, the movement around the sun, the things we think of when we think of what a planetarium does. But what Gustav Holst was doing was associating the planets themselves with their astrological characteristics. And astrology, to this day, is still a popular pursuit, and it aspires to make sense of human endeavors and the fortunes, good or ill, that people experience based on the movement of the heavens and the sky. Astrology is a way to ascribe to the movement of the planets through different arrangements in the sky circumstances that define people's lives. So you have an astrological sign, it's associated with when you were born and what planets are in the sky. It's a very old art of looking to the night sky. In fact, uh, even Way back in the time of Christ, uh, there's some scholarship that would suggest that the Magi, the wise men who came to see Christ, were looking into the sky. So we have ancient records of this, and it goes to Stonehenge and ancient Egypt, and there's just evidence that observing the night sky for its influence on our lives is a part of humanity for as long as we can uh, see records of it. So Holst is entering into this tradition and he's writing this seven movement work, the planets, and each planet has an association with a Roman god and so they are the Roman names. That's how we name the planets. There are Greek analogs and as you go through the planets you experience something of the astrological implications of each of those planets. For example, Mars the bringer of war. So the planet Mars in the night sky, because it was reddish even to the naked eye on a clear night, you can see it's the red planet. That association with war is pronounced in the music. So when you hear Mars the bringer of war, probably the most famous passage from all of Holst's the planets, you hear this 5-4 driving rhythm. Now an interesting little note that you may not be aware of, Gustav Holst was in World War I, was in the trenches. He saw one of the most horrific face-to-face encounters with war that we know of in recorded history, the scale of gruesome bloodshed and miserable death that World War I represented had really never been experienced anywhere in human history to that scale. And he was a witness. So when you listen to Mars, the bringer of war, you're hearing... A soldier from the trenches of World War I making a musical commentary about that experience. And so, Mars, we just had a lander go there, Perseverance, uh, United Arab Emirates had uh, a new sh- uh, probe go there, China had a probe go there. Uh, Mars is in the news a lot. And when you look at Mars, it's a red, presumably iron laden planet, it's reddish dust, it's a desert it doesn't necessarily connote war as a planet. It's its astrological connection that draws this connection. And so Holst has put that into music with Mars, Venus, who's the bringer of love, bringer of peace, Mercury, the winged messenger. So he would bring the messages from the gods to people. Jupiter, or in Greek, it would have been Zeus, the king of the gods, Saturn, who is the bringer of old age, Uh, Uranus, who is the magician, and a little bit of a playful, mischievous one, and then Neptune is the mystic, and the ancient one. And so you hear in each of these pieces, something of its astrological connection. So back to the piece that I'm going to introduce, Uh, we're going to go through all of each of those seven movements and just touch on them because one of the things I had to do to bring these huge epic scale orchestral pieces of music into a small space like a planetarium required a a lot of compositional effort on my part. And let me explain. When you go into a planetarium, it's a round room, a circular room, and the chairs are uh arranged so that everybody can see the screen as it's projected on the dome above there's not a lot of room for anything else there's no open space it's all seats so what we had to do is figure out how do you take an orchestra of holst's sides so the the size of the orchestra holst's planets require in their original scoring is at least 60 70 people if not more well, a planetarium might only seat 100. So you would have very few seats left for any audience if you brought a live orchestra to a planetarium show. And we've had to figure out how to reduce that down. And what we willed it down to is about 13 people. And it required me to c- collapse all kinds of woodwinds, all kinds of brass, tons of percussion, and even reducing the strings to be a single string instrument per part. And what we ended up with was this very intimate chamber experience with a harp, single strings, and in fact, not two violins, viola, cello, and bass, but one violin, two violas, cello, and bass. And the two violas have to do with the color of the instrument, the sound, and its richness. I was trying to recreate some of that tapestry and for percussion a keyboard that's it and and one piano can produce a lot of effects from snare drum type effects to timpani Uh, we had a harp player we had one of each of the main winds a flute an oboe a clarinet and a bassoon and then three french horns and the three french horns gave us that brass glow without blowing away the rest of the ensemble. If you'd had trumpets and trombones, they are such prominent and robust instruments. In a small space like a planetarium, uh, it, it could be very easily just too loud, too overpowering. So the French horn is halfway between a brass instrument and a woodwind. In fact, uh, it's got a different kind of bore, uh, different different uh, cylindric it's got a, a conical bore. And trumpets and trombones have a cylindrical bore. it's the same it's the uniform width all the way through so the sound color is a little bit different so anyway all of this comes together and how to shrink an orchestra that requires 60 or 70 people or more how to shrink it down to about 13 people with conductor because somebody needs to hold the ensemble together this music is complicated it's intricate so what we did I arranged it to a smaller ensemble, and having reduced the size of the ensemble, we were able to fit it into the front part of the planetarium. Then we had the audience come in, they filled in, and we did a complete production of Holst's The Planets, and I'll give you some snippets of what it sounded like. It's not the same epic scale you'd hear in a concert hall, but it was surprisingly powerful because in this intimate space, you still had a large number of players, and you really could experience all of the aspects of Holst's music. I was very fastidious to try and preserve all the harmonies, all the melodic lines, and the key musical events and sounds that you would hear in an orchestral performance and just try and reduce them down. So to accompany this special performance of Holst's The Planets, uh, I was asked to write one more movement. And the missing planet could have been Pluto. I chose Earth. And one, because Pluto's status as a planet has gone back and forth. If you follow these things, you know Pluto's fortunes have ebbed and flowed, as it were. But even more importantly, the planets, Holst's work, isn't ultimately about the planets themselves. So when we read of NASA's adventures out in in space and the glorious photography and the amazing stories of ingenuity and invention... That's not really what Holst the Planets is about. Holst the Planets isn't about the planets, it's actually about humankind, it's about us. It is about us standing on the earth, looking out into the heavens and ascribing to these rocks and orbiting blobs of gas and ice, ascribing to the meaning, meaning in human terms. And so for me, Terra became about us. Because the planets is really about us. And Terra, the distinctive thing about it, our planets have names because of life, because of us. And Terra, our home, is the place, the only place we know of where there's life. Who knows what wonders science will discover in a future, perhaps after I'm long gone. But as we sit here today, Our planet is the only known home for life and having all the perfect criteria. And so it seemed natural to name the work Terra, which is the Latin name for the goddess of the earth, Terra, the bringer of life. And that's the piece that's now uh, launching that I'm, I'm excited to make available. So before we go any further, I do want to take you through a little taste of each of the other planets, of how this ensemble brought Holst's music to life. And the whole work would take us 50 minutes. And these are live recordings, so they're not going to have the fidelity and the quality that you would hear if you went to a recorded track. Uh, So I'm not releasing them in that sense, but I do want to give you a flavor of how it sounded and remind you of some of the music that's in Holst's The Planets. So let's start with Mars, The Bringer of War. Thank you. So there you can hear a much more intimate sound not nearly so epic but still all there and uh, that opening that clicking in case you were wondering that's called colleno batute that is where the string players take the wood of their bow and they're tapping it on the string and that gives it that martial feeling the other thing that's interesting here just a compositional side note is it's in five four so it's not in your typical Uh, left, right, left, right kind of march. It's a march with this extra beat in it. And it gives it this unsettled, uncentered feelings, kind of the uncertainty of war. So that's Mars, the bringer of war. Let's turn next to Venus. So the contrast of the first and the second. From here we move on to Mercury. And Mercury was the winged messenger. So his movement to communicate the messages of the gods to humanity and to each other. His job was to move quickly. And what Holst was communicating here was the quickness of thought. And how thought turns so quickly. And so you hear these very peculiar ascending chord progressions and it moves very fast and uh and it moves through the winds there's some interesting compositional bits here too where there are two harps and the way they're tuned and it it shows it's like it's in two keys alternating at the same time so here's a little taste of mercury So Mercury, it moves quickly and it, it's fleet. The next section is Jupiter, the bringer of jollity or joy. And what you hear is not the god of the king, king of the gods, um, commanding from the throne, but you hear the lively joy. And Jupiter, this is again the astrological connection not even the mythological or the astronomical connection it is uh, Jupiter associated with joyful things and here we'll hear um, a passage and if you have ever heard "Thraxad" is a well-known melody it's set as a church hymn the middle section I'll play two snippets here in Jupiter uh, section that I quote later in Terra and then another section which is that famous tune So there is a little bit of Jupiter in that stately middle section. And now we move from Jupiter, the bringer of jollity, to Saturn, the bringer of old age. And so the contrast of all that joyful, youthful life and the passing of time. And you hear the slow ticking of the clock and the chiming of the clock bells marking the passage of time. This is Saturn, the bringer of old age. And there's a harmonic feature that's going in there. It's called this tritone. uh, And the tritone is a certain interval that features throughout, and it gives an uncertainty and it destabilizes the harmonic tapestry. And so what you hear is this uneasy sitting with the passage of time. It's just brilliant. And the full orchestral colors on that uh, are rich as well. Uh, The harp colors are very subtle. So that's Saturn, the bringer of old age. From there, we move to neptune the sorry uranus the magician and uh he is a grand demonstrative kind of bumbling figure and so you have this bombastic uh, vibrant and yet somehow clumsy uh section and this is uranus And the final movement of Holst's original work is Neptune, the mystic. Uh, not so bombastic, not so overt as the magician, the mystic is accompanied in the orchestral version by a woman's choir as well, the ghostly voices that end the piece in a very ambiguous way, almost as if they echo off into eternity. As you might imagine, that's really difficult to pull off with a small ensemble in a planetarium. So we weren't able to quite do that, but we did represent uh, Neptune the best we could. And here you get a sense of the mystery, the way the harmonies work. It gives this sense of space. And you hear the undulation and the ambiguity of Neptune. and the music opens and becomes a little brighter. If you listened carefully too, you would hear this very delicate tinkling in the harp above. It's just a beautiful effect and it's so subtle. It's in the context of active listening, some of my first episodes, where you hear those little details that make a piece shimmer and come to life. And that's what that harp's doing. It's adding some shimmer and mystery behind the slow unfolding of the woodwind parts. So seven movements Holst the planets. Now the new movement, the one that I brought to the table, Terra, the bringer of life. All of these planets with their descriptors, their names, what they mean and their astrological connections, are product of humanity. We looked to the sky and named them. And I wanted to connect with historic, uh, origins as well, and so I went for Terra. I have a couple of clips you can see where I show you in the music how it works, but the foundation of Terra is it's in seven parts, and it's got seven, eight rhythm, and it's the seven days of creation. It's the biblical account of each part of what is unique about Terra, described in that ancient text in chapter one of Genesis, and so I took those sections, and I brought them to life, and Terra is in Six equal parts with the seventh part is the day of rest. God rests on the last day. So there's no music. It's actually six equal sections. So it's a kind of a conceptual nod to it being seven. If it were really fully performed, that last, uh, there would be about a minute and a half or so of silence at the end of the piece. And that would be the seventh day. And then it would be complete. But that's difficult to pull off in a recording, especially if I can't explain why that is. And so you guys get the inner story around that but it's in six equal sections of music and a seventh of what would be silence and that's Terra and Terra has in the middle section I want you to listen for it I'm gonna play the whole piece and I'll play the new recording of it instead of the uh, instead of the actually I'm gonna do first the reduced orchestration so you can hear what it sounded like in its first form the smaller chamber form and then I'll, I'll play a snippet by contrast of the full orchestral version and then I'll let you go to Spotify and take a listen there. Uh, so I'll just do a side-by-side comparison of the before and after. And for the Holst there's hundreds and hundreds of fantastic recordings of Holst the Planets you can find on any channel so you can listen side-by-side to how the chamber music is uh, different. It's more intimate, but has all the elements, and then you can compare it to the full work. But I'm going to do that, just give you a taste of that here in today's podcast. So let's take a little listen to Terra in its uh, smaller form, and then I'll give you a side-by-side comparison of Terra in its larger form. (music) ¶¶ And now here it is with the Budapest Film Orchestra with Peter Pedcheck conducting. I think you'll hear a little bit of a difference. just for fun we'll now take a listen to all the places in the middle of the piece where I quote from the previous planets everything we've just heard and I'll play them back to back with the chamber music portion that we just listened so we'll listen to the chamber slice again and then we'll hear it in terra And so there you have Terra quoting all the other planets and paying homage to a masterpiece, Holst the Planets. Uh, It was a privilege for me to arrange that, to perform it, add my own humble addition at the end. But I hope you enjoyed that little sneak peek right into the middle of Terra and that you were able to stand with me and gaze at the night sky and music and wonder at the vastness and the glories of created skies above and to enjoy the masterwork of Gustav Holst as he had done a hundred years ago looking into the same sky and wondering what all those lights in the heavens meant here on earth so with that I hope you'll take a few minutes and go to Spotify take a listen to Terra the bringer of life and if you enjoy it please share it with your friends I create music because I want to share it I want to share my joy of living and I want to share the richness of human life in sound. And I thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast of mine and my various and sundry musings. And if you have any thoughts for me about material you'd like me to cover, guests you'd like me to reach out to, or topics that you'd like me to explore more, drop me a line at salutations at com, Or you can easily find me on my website uh, And you can connect to me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. I look forward to hearing from you. And it means a lot when you take a minute and drop me a note. And let me know if you appreciated something or even if you didn't. Let me know so I can do better next time. Thanks for giving me a bit of your time. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you next time on the Anachronism Podcast. Thanks.